Content warning, on today's episode, we discuss domestic violence. Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 433. She looked down, blinking. I, I don't remember saying that. You were a little addled at the time, I said gently. But you did. You told me all about it. Denna, you shouldn't have to stay with someone like that. Anyone who could do that to you. He did it for my own good, she said, her dark eyes beginning to flicker with anger. Did I tell you that? There I was, without a scratch on me, and everyone else at the wedding, dead as leather. You know what small towns are like. Even after they found me unconscious, they thought I might have had something to do with it. You remember. I put my head down and shook it like an ox worrying its yoke. I don't believe it. There had to be another way around the situation. I would have found another way. Well, I guess we can't all be as clever as you, she said. Clever doesn't have anything to do with it. I came close to shouting. He could have taken you away with him. He could have come forward and vouched for you. He couldn't let anyone know he was there, he said. And as I spoke the words, I felt a terrible anger come together inside me. It wasn't hot and furious as some of my flashes of temper tend to be. This was different, slow and cold. And as soon as I felt it, I realized it had been there inside me for a long while crystallizing like a pond slowly freezing solid over a long winter night. He beat you, I said again, and I could feel it inside, a solid block of icy anger. Nothing you can say will change that, and if I ever see him, I'll likely stick a knife in him rather than shake his hand. Denna looked up at me, then irritation faded from her face. She gave me a look that was all sweet fondness and mingled pity. It was the sort of look you give a puppy when it growls, thinking itself terribly fierce. She put her hand gently on the side of my face, and I felt myself flush hot and hard, suddenly embarrassed by my own melodrama. Can we not argue about it? she asked. Please? Not today? It's been so long since I've seen you. I decided to let it go rather than risk driving her away. I knew what happened when men pressed her too hard. Fair enough, I said. For today, can you at least tell me what sort of thing your patron brought you out here for? Denna leaned back in her seat, smiling a wide smile. Sorry. Delicate matters and all that, she mimicked. Don't be that way, I protested. I'd tell you if I could, but the mayor values his privacy very highly. Denna leaned forward again to lay her hand over mine. Porkvoth. That's the end of the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. I'm, like, so many things on this page, but right at the end of it, when he's like, I can't tell you the mayor values his privacy so highly... Like, she's kind of been saying literally the exact same thing about her patron this whole time. Like, 
So it's very frustrating for him to be like, oh, but I can't tell you and I'd tell you if I could, but you should tell me the thing that I want you to tell me anyway, even though you have the same situation I have technically. Yeah, both is very not in tune with the double standard that he's operating with here. Of course, Denna does point it out to him on literally the next page. Yes. Yes. Uh, but we're not there yet. It's not. doesn't mean it's any less infuriating right now. <laughs> uh, it occurs to me that Denna is just now kind of discovering and reacting to what probably feels like a violation of privacy. Obviously, you know, Kvothe has known for a while and she did tell him, but this is the very first moment that she's finding out that Kvothe knows the truth about her patron, something that she probably thinks she's kept close to her chest this whole time. So she's really been thrown for a loop here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and her her sort of instant reaction is to be defensive, which I think is very normal. Yeah, well, it, it feels like a violation too. Yeah. That's what I think is what I'm kind of getting at. Like, it probably feels to her like Foth has violated her privacy. And I think this is maybe the beginning of the souring of their relationship, at least for this arc of the of the book. Because um, I think the the evidence in Denna's eyes are piling up that Kvothe is actually just like everybody else. Because he is apparently lying about his business here. Because we learn later that she doesn't believe that he's actually here working for the mayor. So she thinks that he's boasting. She thinks that he's snooping. Uh, or at least she you know, is given reason to feel like he's been snooping. Um, and then he's he's being a, a big bravado, chest beating. Uh, if anyone ever comes for the people I love, I'll kill him. Kind of a guy. That is exactly how I imagine Flo's voice all the time. <laughs> yeah, he's doing a sort of uh, a Ben Affleck Batman voice. But Jordana, you mentioned at the top of the episode that you had a lot going on i want to i want to hear more about well, just like, i have a lot of feelings about this page <laughs> like i don't know how to like words them but i just like it's a high it's like a highly emotional page it is so like i have many i have many feelings although how to categorize them is another thing i i think that maybe something that might might crystallize that is that this is creating good drama because both of these characters have completely understandable and sympathetic perspectives. Like, I think that we can see where Quoth is coming from and we can see where Denna is coming from and go, both of these characters are right. And yet the fact that they are both right puts them into conflict with each other. And because we don't want them to be in conflict with each other, we want them to kiss, uh, that is causing a lot of feelings to happen. I also feel like it's... It's kind of heartbreaking, at least for me, because the way Denna responds on the top of this page is like exactly the language you would expect from someone who is so in the thrall of the person abusing them that they don't think that it's abuse, right? She she literally says, he did it for my own good. She It seems like she believes it. And to me, that's the sign of someone who is so deep in it that you have either completely bought your abuser's bullshit or you have convinced yourself that you have bought your abuser's bullshit because the alternative is too terrible to contemplate. You have to believe that the suffering you're going through is for a good reason. Also something I want to talk about is Quoth's behavior because we know that Quoth may or may not have like anger, scary, angry responses based on like things that we've heard from other characters when they respond to Quoth. So 
like he's talking about this like new and different anger that he recognizes as being worse than normal anger. But if we recognize that other characters react poorly to his normal anger, how much worse is this? And how much of it is like showing through? And like, what if it's scaring Denna the same way that like it has a poor effect on his other friends? Yeah, maybe that's the why she reacts the way she does because that is sort of the only safe way to to diffuse it for her. Well, I sort of see her like putting on a sweet smile sort of thing as like that being um, probably the same thing she does with the other men that she has to like court and deal with for like ostensibly what what is like her job to like be a lady who makes music and hangs out with men for dates um so like i think the same way that she normally would deal with them she's taking something from that toolbox and she's applying it to quoth because of however he's acting right now yeah and like dealing with angry men is probably something that a lot of women who date men uh have to learn how to deal with have it's like a skill they have to to develop because i think certainly our society doesn't teach male people how to manage their anger particularly well and there aren't a ton of great examples in culture of healthy anger management so this is i don't know this is necessarily what rothis is trying to get at in this scene but it's certainly something that uh, you could pick at and this sort of calls at something that uh, I, I don't want to harp on too much, but as you know, I tend to be a little bit critical of the way Rothfuss positions Quoth with regard to Denna. I think that generally it's a bit of a dated attitude towards like how men see the women that they are uh, into. And I think a lot of it can be chalked up to Quoth's inexperience. Certainly I thought this way when I was a teenager, but this same kind of attitude of like, I'm going to get real angry and uh, going to get real violent and I'm going to stab someone if they ever hurt you is uh, I'm going to use a phrase that I don't particularly agree with. And I don't think it's a great phrase, but it's like, like white knighting is kind of what I'm what I'm getting at. Like it, it seems a little performative. And it's also is probably because of the Internet culture that has sort of since this time when this book was written sort of developed and, and bloomed around it. Like, I don't think that is what Rothbus is doing. I don't think that that is what uh, Quoth is doing, uh, but it does kind of remind me of that. And so it leaves a sour taste in my mouth. Hmm. I have a very different interpretation of a lot of what's happening here. Go for it. You often do, but why don't you go for it? Well, I mean, for one thing, I think the fact that his anger is different, slow and cold is meant to tell us that he, he absolutely means it that if he encounters this guy, he will murder him. And like, that's all there is to it. Whereas I think that if he was just like losing his temper, that that would be him blowing off steam or saying something he doesn't mean. But I think that the fact that his anger is slow, cold and crystallizing is meant to tell us that he has been thinking this ever since he first found out about it. And it's only now occurring to him. I don't think that Denna is frightened by that because I don't think she recognizes it for what it is. I think that, you know, if any, if anything, she thinks that he is like having a temper and blowing off steam and that he doesn't really mean it. And so 
she does treat him um because she does she doesn't smile she like kind of looks at him like pityingly and i think that what we're meant to take from that is that she is wiser to the ways of the world than him or at least she thinks she is she's thinking you don't understand how the world works you know sometimes you have to let bad people do cruel things to get what you need and that's just the way things go and there's nothing you could possibly do about it so i'm going to like just try and defuse the situation because your anger is sweet and it's like you know it's coming from a good place but it's not going to do any good and i think that's that's like a distinction that i i think is important i think it is a completely natural and reasonable reaction to when you find out that someone you care about has suffered and you know the cause of that person's suffering to want to make the person who is causing the suffering suffer in turn is a completely rational response that doesn't mean that it's going to do like good in the long term and it might well make the situation worse but i don't think it's like an unhealthy response to go oh someone like hit beat up my friend someone like abused someone that i love someone like kicked my puppy like why wouldn't I want to like kick their teeth in? That's like, that is in a vacuum, a perfectly reasonable thing to do. But obviously it, you know, violence tends to beget more violence. And especially given the power dynamic, given that Dennis Patron is a powerful person, like obviously if Quoth kills that guy, it's going to go badly for everybody. So it's not like the smart thing to do, but it is the right thing to do. I wonder if this is foreshadowing in some way that Quoth said, I'd, I'd assume stab him as uh, shake his hand. Well, who has he shaken hands with recently? Or who has he put a knife in? Or who will he put a knife in? I think that this might be a little bit of, of foreshadowing. And also, is this the anger of a gentleman? Yeah. I mean, I guess, I feel like you could, I feel like you could argue either way whether or not Quoth is a gentleman. I don't think that his first you know, his first response to a situation or a conflict is violence. But really, you don't think so? No, I don't. I think his first response is like cutting words and trickery and guile and getting petty vengeance by like stealing stuff and sabotaging stuff. If he was, if his first response was violence, if someone, if Ambrose insulted him, he would deck him or stab him. Not like, right. And then when he, when he becomes capable of violence, his first response does become violence. Well, yeah, but that's because he's good at it now. Exactly. I think that Quoth in the current narrative is not yet a gentleman. I think that Quoth in the frame is a gentleman. And I think that, like, the same way that we all change as we grow, like, he is eventually going to learn to become a gentleman, and that's who we meet in the frame, but he's not that person yet. I, I agree, Jordana. I don't think he's gentle at all. Jeremy, what I'm trying to say is that Quoth's first response has always been violence. It's just to do violence in whatever way he is empowered to. And that until later in this book is not physical violence. Okay. But his response is always to do violence upon the people that he perceives as, as wrongdoers. Okay. So we have different definitions of violence then, which is fine. Like, I don't think writing a mean song about Ambrose is doing violence to him. But it is very funny. Yes. And as we have sort of talked about already, I think that the outcome of the mean song is more violent to Ambrose than Quoth realizes. But also like setting fire to a child, uh, you know, things like that. I think that's that's violence. Yeah, but that person had it coming. It's Uh still violent. It doesn't matter if they had it coming. 
I mean, I kind of think it does, but that's a longer conversation about the just use of force, which is perhaps beyond the scope of this podcast. Now, Judge, the defendant, Jeremy Lodge, has repeatedly gone on record on this here podcast about when it is necessary to use lethal violence. I believe his words were uh, that when they have it coming, it's okay. Now, Judge, is this the action of a rational actor? I ask you, Judge, and I ask you, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, is this a man who you want walking the streets? I think not, Judge. I think not. This is a weird bit. But it's from something, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's it's from something in the sense that putting on the voice of a simple country lawyer is from something. It's from lots of things. Okay. And I put it to you, if one is wrong, shall one not revenge? <laughs> what a, a question we may all ponder, perhaps again on tomorrow's page of the... I mean, most revenge stories are about how revenge isn't actually a bomb for the soul. But we can get into that when we get to book three, which I'm sure will be it's a subject. The wind! Bye! Nope, that's over. Bye. Bye.